Hi, you are listening to Mediation Station, and this is your host, Greg Fenton. Each week, we explore topics and ideas related to the experience of people with conflict and look to promote the profession of conflict resolvers. We are available to connect with at GREGTF at PRIMUS.ca and 647-227-4734. And Greg Fenton. Listen to podcasts of each radio show by visiting either of SoundCloud.com or iTunes Podcasts under Mediation Station in the Arts area. Please follow us at our Twitter account, which is at Fenton Mediation. Our topic tonight is called Connecting and Supporting as a Self-Represented Litigant. And our visitors are the tandem of Dornachi and Tricia Barnes. So I want to welcome the two of you here tonight coming out. Hello. Hello. Hi, Greg. Hi. How are you? How are you doing? I'm fine. You guys uh, warm enough? Yeah. Thank you. Yes, we are. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a bit chilly outside. Yeah. Yeah. You you know how to work that thing? I I think so. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I feel like I'm on SNL. SNL? SNL? Yeah, Saturday Night Live. (laughs) Yeah? Is that this is a one step below that? Yes, <laughs> that's your next gig. Oh my gosh, okay. So, the two of you, Dorna and Tricia, thanks for being here. This is your first time on the program. Yes, how about each of you first start by sharing something about yourselves? So, Dorna can go first. Okay, yeah. well, hi, Greg. Um, I am, I was an SRL um, for about, let's say, five years. Um, I just finished my court case in October of 2019, and I'm here to share my experiences with you because I think it's important to have a conversation with um, like-minded people to get an idea of what's going on. And maybe even people who are not like-minded to get them informed and educated. Yeah, it's a very, very important topic to me. So I have been in court since about 2013-14. And you are who? Oh, I'm Trisha from Toronto. Yeah. And so I've been in court about 2013 to 14, and Mm -hmm. I've been representing myself from about maybe 14, 15 till present. Um, My case is currently over, but I do have to go back in the near future. Right. What what about each of you that uh, you would want the listeners to, to know? something to be informed about well representing yourself we'll get into that but more personal in in some way i mean without getting into the revealing uh okay yeah so what what would the uh listener benefit from knowing about each of you um well uh, we're determined single parents single parents protecting our children yeah yeah the things you value what do you value in your lives most utmost for me would be my daughter my health, yeah. my relationships with my friends and family, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I just thought there was justice in this world, a fairness in this world, and mm-hmm. it was a very daunting experience to see, or, or an eye-opening experience when you go to family court to see what happens in real life. Mm-hmm. Very naive. I would say I, I was very naive. That's all. So both of you are dealing or have been very recently de- dealing with uh, family justice matters. Yes. Yeah. Going through the system. Why did this happen for each of you? Well, for me, it started off as a very, I thought, a very simple issue regarding um, child support. And um, I 
I had recently lost my father in 2014, and uh, my ex wanted to suspend child support to deal with his addiction issues, um, and I thought that would be a great idea. So he asked to have a child, su- child, su- child support suspended, and um, I agreed to it, but I didn't understand what I was getting into. Because when I agreed to um, signing off as a con- on a consent motion, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how difficult it was to get back on track. And that took over four years to get back on track. So when you, so you had come to court already, mm-hmm. you had a final order that talked about child support? Correct. And then something happened in the other parent's life. Yes. What was going on that they felt it was so profound that they wanted to approach you to get your agreement yes. on temporarily, maybe, Spending child support. holding off on the yeah. payment of that, so until they got their life back, back in track, order. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so did you have legal advice when you navigated that initially? No, I didn't. And <laughs> that was my mistake. I didn't get it. And the judge at the time, Kat- Judge Katarinichik, she knew that I did not get it. So she even stated in her um, endorsement? endorsement that she said the applicant, I was the applicant at the time, yeah. um, she said um, the applicant did not get legal advice. Therefore, I will suspend the child support for one year and we will revisit the situation after one year. Okay. We did that. And then... I just opened up a can of worms. And we'll talk more about that. How about you, Tricia? How did you get? Well, first I want to say what I value. Yeah. So I value my children, uh, my friends, my health. And um, how did I get involved in this situation? Well, how did you get connected to the family justice system? Well, I was going through a terrible divorce. And uh, there was a custody issue and child support issue. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would have been easy. Like you see on TV, Law and Order, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And uh, it was nothing like that. It was it was just awful, and um, I had to just work through it to the very end. And how long ago did that first start for you? Uh, about two thousand and thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it ended. Yeah. Um, two thousand and seventeen. Uh, but we have to go back. You always have to go back. Yes, you you have that. That door is never closed. Never closed. There's always something that comes up. Mm-hmm. So even both of you probably have final orders, right? We do have yeah, final, final orders. orders. Yeah, so that's sort of a misnomer. Like mm-hmm. when it says final order, I think the uh, understanding from most people who are external from the justice system would say, okay, that's it, finally done. It's mm-hmm. You would hope. We move on and get on with our lives. It's never done. Final just means... What maybe for a six pause. months? <laughs> pause, yeah. You you hope you don't go. You don't have to go back to court. Yeah. yeah. And you don't want to go back to court, but circumstances come up that just may happen again, mm-hmm. and you're dreading it. You just dread it. Well, though, when you first started, Jorna, mm-hmm. when you had that order, and then you agreed on consent, where both voluntarily. Uh, approved of the change yes. that you would do as incorporate as a new order mm-hmm. that became the new foundation not the previous order mm-hmm. but it wasn't a final order it was just a consent was it a temporary or, a temporary, fi- or temporary. A yeah it was temporary temporary not yeah. a final order it wasn't a final. Yeah, but sometimes temporary <laughs> means final it does but it it just takes i didn't know again i didn't know um what i was getting into yeah yeah and when did that happen started in may 2014 right. and you know you have all the dates in your head well, you yeah. know exact dates it's a funny thing and then we, we went back to court on july 2nd 2015 yeah 
it's as I said, it started off as a child support issue that he asked for access, overnight access to um, our daughter, which I thought would have been fine if he could prove that he was stable, and he could not prove that he was stable. But he was he fought it for three years almost. Three so you were. Of a change. So on the initial, you were the moving party. You're the applicant. No, he was the moving uh, party. On the mo- on the initial, you were the applicant? Oh, the, initi- the initial, I was the, the applicant, yeah, right. from 2008. Yes, 2000. and then he approached you with a motion to change yeah. on consent. He became yeah. the moving party, yeah. though he still remained, for the benefit of the listener, the respondent. Yes, and that confuses people. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because people think that when you come back to court, you change the position of your style you of see, cause, yes. which if you started it, you remain through the life of that file, yes. Yes. no matter how long it goes and how many events it happens. Yeah, just to keep things yeah. Yeah, organized. So yes. you become, so later on when he presented a motion to change mm-hmm. that final order, he became the moving party. Yes, he did. And you were the responding party, even yes. though you were the applicant. applicant yes. And, and he was the respondent. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it confuses lawyers as well and the judge. If they well, yeah. I Everyone's can, confused. Yeah. Because even sometimes the judge, uh, no, the papers that presented through yes. the lawyers have misplaced or mispositioned mm-hmm. people yeah. and it becomes problematic. Why? Because when the order is expressed in the terms, mm-hmm. It says the applicant will do this or yeah. respondent, and then if you change it later on, it becomes confusing because I thought it, I was the applicant yeah. and now I'm the respondent. No, and, and then they'll sometimes they'll they'll say. I remember his lawyer was saying that she was the one taking him back to court all the time because I'm still the applicant, right? So it looks like I'm the one, you know, as a moving party, but I wasn't the moving party. No, you're so the responding. I'm party. the responding party, but his lawyer twisted it and said things like, "Oh, she's always taking him to court." When I was like, I no, mm-hmm. I didn't take him to court. He took me to court, right? It was very confusing for. And then to say it to the judge, no, I'm not. You always have to repeat the same thing over again. I am not the moving party. He's a moving party, and it's again, it, it, things can be twisted mm-hmm. over time. So, why do you feel it's important to keep, you know, reminding the court the judge? Because that, yeah, the judge. They, they have, have a lot of paper. Uh, you have a lot of work. Dockets. Yeah. yeah. Um, caseload, and they and. You're one in a million, so you have to keep reminding them. Yes, and I didn't know that over. either. Again, <laughs> I didn't know that was a strategy to keep reminding the the court over and mm-hmm. over again what your your status is, who you are, what you're doing, what mm-hmm. the, the past history was. Yep, right. The relationship very difficult. Even if you felt that uh, you know you were living through this experience of struggle with the other parent about circumstances, child support, mm-hmm. custody. Which is major decision making mm-hmm. or access, which is terminology is changing, yeah. parenting time. Mm-hmm. So you guys would still have to feel how do you connect with these this whole culture of court when you were so different or distinguished? Maybe what was the basis for your understanding of court to that point, anyways, when you first started? Was it based on the TV drama? Well, it was based on Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I soon realized that it, it wasn't, and that I'm just a number, and I had to um, represent myself. So I had to keep notes. I always kept notes with me. I kept numbers and dates. So when the other party would bring something up, I had it ready to argue. So how, had, yeah. how soon into your journey did you guys get into this mindset that you had to function this way? Oh, I've always been like this. 
I'm always prepared. Well, when I first started in 2008, I was self-represented, and I actually finished the case within 16 months. I was able to get full custody, like sole custody, mm-hmm. child support access, everything organized and, and, and under a final order. Um, but when I got back in 2014, 2015, I had a lot, you know, that was always five, five years, 2008 to so, six, well, years, six years, six, six years, yeah. six years. So again, I kind of, I lost some of my mojo and I didn't know what was going on. So I had to relearn everything. And I, and it took about a year and a half, almost two years before I f- figured it out because at the beginning we were amicable. You and the other parent. Yes, and the other parent. We were amicable up till Jan- January 2016, and then it went downhill from there. Because you had... Because he asked for access. Right. Yeah. We've been opening up the conversation to get some perspective of each of Trisha and Dorna as to their connection with the family court system, specifically family justice, and how they've uh, experienced and are experiencing matters on a continuing basis in some way. So did you want to add anything from the earlier part of the Trisha? I, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of your uh, re- you know, connecting with back into the system, okay. because you've been experiencing this since 2014? Uh, 13, 14. Approximately? Yeah. And you started, though, initially in 393 University Avenue. You had no, divorce? No, I, I started in um, 311. 311. And I ended in 393. So I would have I done everything in 393, but I found out that you have to pay to file your papers. So it's better to deal with... Well, there's actually a distinction, because oh, the, just for the benefit of the listeners as okay. well... 393 University Avenue in Toronto is the Superior Court of Justice, which is under federal jurisdiction, and it focuses, though not only specific to, focuses on divorce, married relationships, and property, mm-hmm. in addition to child matters. Mm-hmm. 311 Justice, 311 Jarvis, not Justice, is the Ontario Courts of Justice that focus on child matters mm-hmm. and really about common law, casual. Uh, all kinds of relationships yep. that are about child. That also includes about child protection matters and adoption, okay. where a superior court doesn't deal with mm-hmm. child protection and adoption. And the 311 and 47 Shepherd in Toronto, mm-hmm. they're s- simpler courts. Mm-hmm. They're easier courts. There are no filing charges. Yeah. Superior court has a filing charge. There yeah. are costs there. Yeah. It's a more complicated course court. It takes more time to navigate. Mm-hmm. 311 is a more simplified court. Yeah, even though it's complicated. So yeah. I guess superior court is complicated, yeah. complicated. Even more complicated. Yes. But I didn't know that you could, you could switch courts if she was at three, 393 and then she switched over to Jarvis. Well, uh, you know, when, we, when people come to the superior court and they are in a married relationship, sometimes we might inform them and they make the decision that maybe you want to deal with the child matters first. Okay. So you can go to the lower court. Yeah. And get those issues resolved in the event of not being able to do so with the other parent. Okay. So you can get the custody, the access, the child support mm-hmm. all clarified as to an order. And then the only outstanding as part of a married yeah. might be property. The pro- well, property, which can still be complicated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Though the marriage. Yeah. You know, everything in family law, you can negotiate with the other party yeah. other than your status as a married person. Okay. You can't divorce yourself. you got to get a judge to do that. Okay. You can negotiate with the other parent or a partner about the amount of money that's mm-hmm. going to be paid for the child 
or the amount of money that's going to be paid as a spousal support yeah. or the custody, the major decisions, etc. All that can be negotiated. The only one, as I mentioned, is the actual divorce part. Okay. So if you can resolve all the other stuff on your own, yeah. that's more powerful. That's if you true. can do it through mediation, more powerful. Yeah. If you can't, go to the, the lower court. So Good advice. Yeah. yeah. So you navigated first to 311, then you went to 393. And, and then I went to 393 yeah. and got everything resolved, yeah. like the divorce. Right. Yeah. So I got the, the child support and custody. Um, so um, final order in 311, Jarvis. Yes. And then I took the final orders and brought it to Superior Court for the divorce. Right. Yeah. And that was a more simplified aspect in um, terms of the divorce yeah. only. Yeah. I'm not talking about the other issues. Yeah. I know that's yeah. where a lot of each year struggles yeah. have been with yeah. the other issues. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the divorce was, uh, it, w- it's, it was a simple divorce, but it was a little complicated, but it got resolved. It took about a year to get resolved. Which is very good, I think. A year is good compared to other divorces I guess, that, can, yeah. that can drag on. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it depends because it depends, that each yeah. situation of each couple is yeah. different in terms of the issues. It's really dependent on the individuals, too, and how their personalities are and how they connect with the whole pathway of court that's true and what the process is you know people sometimes have a very simplified understanding of what court is and the power of court is really the individual Mm -hmm. i think too many people give ownership up to the court to decide for them and that's what i was not having and i and i had to learn that too that i could have the power yeah to change empower oneself yeah Yeah. it took a while yeah well how long did it take when did you get that light bulb moment? When I was talking, well, honestly, t- when I was started talking to you. <laughs> Talk, yeah. Well, not, not tonight, Jimmy. Not today. Not today. No. But it took about, I mean, almost two years, actually, into the court process that I realized that I had more power to do things. And then after speaking with you and getting different perspectives on how to handle the situation and how to, and how to handle my emotions that's another thing to take to just dial back my emotions mm-hmm. and just deal with it in a pragmatic way right that so, was very empowering so rather than quote react per react, se yeah. get caught up in the emotion and the agenda yeah. of the other person and their purpose of trying yes. what they're trying to impose on you you took ownership more response you took a pause, you processed what was going on, and you took better management of your Correct. emotions. But I had something. to do that several times over and over again. Yeah. It was a behavioral pattern that I had to change and relearn, or just learn, not just change my, in myself. Right. It took a while, but I still react. I mean, I react. But we know, all do. We all mm-hmm. do, right? And, and you have to just be aware, step outside, and realize what you're doing and how you're reacting, why you're reacting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's challenging. It's, you know, it, it can be profound because we get conditioned over yes. time to be a certain way and th- think a certain way and then do a certain way. And then if we get, you know, presented with other information about other possibilities and it makes sense, yes, the concept might be there conceptually. I think the appreciation to connect with the concept, to apply it, takes time. It takes a lot of time, yeah. It takes practice to implement. Yeah. And how did you? Well, when I was served the papers, the initial documents, yeah, I was like, oh no, this is for real, and it's life and death. So going in there, I had to take control. I had to lay down the law, 
and this is what I wanted and this is what I had to get because my kids' lives are at stake. So um, going into court, um, again, I had to write everything down and I realized it was a chess game. What do you mean by that? So when they made a move, I had to make the best move. Would you always wait for them to make a move? Um, or would you sort of take a proactive... Well, I would have everything ready. Like, I would be ready. Like, I would have all the answers to their um, responses. But I was also, I also had to get my documents um, ready for the judge. So I had the the documents for the judge, and then I had the documents for the the respondents or the other party. Right. Um, So I was, like, trying to speak to the judge, but trying to unravel or untwist or bring to light that the other party was lying. So were you were you anticipating what the other party was going to say or do? Well, that's how you I find pers- that people hire lawyers that have the same characteristics as them, the oh. same personality. So mm. I was dealing with a douchebag husband, <laughs> and now I'm dealing with a douchebag lawyer, <laughs> right? So I ha- and and I just had to um, calm, cool, with it collected, and just be able to speak to the judge. And say no, Your Honor. This is not true. Um, this is what I have, and I have to show proof. Everything is proof. Yeah, you need a paper proof. trail. And, Constant paper. And I trail. learned that from my. Uh, so I initially had a lawyer, mm-hmm. and the lawyer was like, "Okay." Th- so I had a lawyer for the um, for the the uh, what is it the um, custody. Right. Yeah. So once the custody was done, because it was very complicated, and um, I was I wasn't able to do that on my own because I had to do it with the children. So after I got the final order for custody, yeah. the lawyer said, "You're wasting your money. You can do this on your own." And based and on everything, and do what on your own? Sorry, the the um the uh, self represented the, the child support oh, part. Child, oh, child, child support. support. As a self okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um. And even before, even before the final order for the the um, the custody was given, yeah. the important parts were done, like the office of the children's lawyer, like all the oh. nitty gritty stuff were done. Right. I just had to um, do the rest, like make sure that um, I got, um, just make sure the judge remembered that we did the um, what are the, the bring tro- to their attention, yes. remind them, that remind them, just keep reminding in, in them in the history of your file. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep reminding them. Made sure I got sole custody, no access because of the situation and just make uh, everything was going to be fine that's it and if i did have problems i could call my lawyer hmm. right so you had a supportive person as a counsel for great you. lawyer yeah and you uh, had yeah initially like that, i too? started as i said in, in 2008 as self-represented but yeah. then i got um i have a uh, lupus so i had a flare-up near the end of and i had how, how does that impact you and your your experience well, greatly. You know, I have in what way? Wait, I just want people lupus. to appreciate that. Yeah. I get sick. You, you I get, get sick. Quite sick. I, and I don't look sick. So uh, if you see me, if you look at me now, you don't know. On the exterior. Yeah, on the exterior. You look I, fine. fine. I look mm-hmm. fine. And, but the stress levels yeah. increase. And mm-hmm. I was medicated yeah. on high doses of steroids. And that impairs my cognitive function. Okay. So I needed someone to swoop in, almost like an, to get an unbundled service, um, to get a lawyer in and, and finish the job right. so that's what I did to be your advocate at yeah, that point at the point yeah. yeah and then the second time I again I started off self-represented um, but then within like two years by 2018 it was going sideways so I had to hire another lawyer just to mm-hmm. redirect um, the, the focus of the case off of me because they were turning everything against me mm-hmm. and focus back on the issues the child support and the access and the stability of his situation right 
but that was 18 months. I had to hire a lawyer for 18 months. A very young and, and inexperienced lawyer. Yeah. And you ended up then transitioning again to be self-represented. Back self-represented, right? yeah. And that's how you, as of last fall, that's what your yeah. status was. Mm-hmm. Both of you are self-represented litigants. Yeah. Meaning okay. you're, you're your own counsels. Yeah, or our own advocates. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I want to say one thing. So another thing that people don't know is when you when you have a lawyer and the other party has a lawyer, and the, there is a... Um, not an order. What is it called again? Endorsement? Yes. The lawyers will type up the endorsement for you. and you can Well, they're required to. Yes. yes. And you get it within, I don't know, a week? Well, within 10 days or so. Yeah, 10 days. Yeah. And, but when you're representing yourself, I don't know, two years will go by, a year will go by. You, you might not even be aware that you're... You know, I have that I, issue. I, th- I think yeah. the, the understanding is that uh, when the order is in the favor of a party, that's the party that needs to draft the order exactly. and send it to the other side for uh, review and approval, mm-hmm. and then it's filed or issued mm-hmm. with But the if the opposing party has legal counsel, the legal counsel, because they have more experience in drafting orders, normally take the order out. Is that true? Well, if they're nice. If they're nice. If they're nice. Yeah, they can insist, though. It's in your favor. So So because it's in my favor and I'm not a lawyer, i got to get the filing clerks to type it up, and they're backlogged, and sometimes it takes a year a year and a half just to get the order and then you need that order maybe to send to fro family responsibility office but you can't because you don't have the order because it's not typed up yet well yeah fro can't the family responsibility office can't do anything unless they have something concrete yeah and we're talking with two individuals dorna and trisha and both are self-represented litigants and this conversation is focused on connecting and supporting as self-represented litigants and sharing about the perspective of journeying through the family justice system for the two of them so how, how did the two of you connect? Well, okay. so our daughters go to the same school. By coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would see Dorna at and school. And they the same class. Same class. Same yeah. class. Same yeah. class. It was all coincidence. Everything's aligned here. Same class. Yes. And actually, when I first met Dorna's daughter, she was like, look at you. You're so beautiful. I'm like, oh, who's this nice little girl telling me I'm beautiful? Grade one. But I didn't know. Like, I knew that was Dorna's daughter, but I didn't know... We were in court together. Yes. You know, you don't tell people you're in court. You know, you don't say, hi, I'm in court. <laughs> I'm dealing with this horrible No, case. they're very personal no. matters. Yes. You don't tell them. There are a lot of look struggles. At, looking at Dorna, I didn't, she didn't look like she had any problems. She just looked like a regular person. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, it's kind of private. So I was in court one day coming out, and yeah. she was coming in. I'm like... We were at 393. Was it 393? Yeah, 393. Yes. I was in the lobby. You were coming out of the Flick office. Yeah, yeah. And Greg was there. You were there that day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? You're like, what are you doing I know here? you. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how we... Um, where, where do I know that? I know that face somewhere. Yeah, I know you somewhere, yeah. The school? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it was very, very funny. I thought, oh, this is a sign. This is going to help me with my case. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have an ally in court. So uh, yeah. how did you feel to take it to the next step? Because you created some kind of bond or connection in some way. Well, I... Um, in my court case, we had... Um, I, I had actually the... OCL involved. Office of the Children's Office Lawyer. Office of the Children's Lawyer, yeah. who was representing my daughter for mm-hmm. views and preferences. And Trisha was just finishing up her case with the OCL. With the OCL. And she gave me a lot of good advice. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, good. At least I... Because when you're navigating the system, you have no idea what's happening. You can't actually go up to... You don't know any other person who has the similar experiences. So it's very, very hard to meet mm-hmm. anyone and discuss... And as women, we like, you know, talk about our experiences. And uh, I, I had nobody mm-hmm. until you, I, you, I met Trisha. I think the key question might be that you don't even know you can ask these questions. Yes. You <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. 
And I'd always ask you too if I if I met you, am I allowed to do this? Can I do this? Am I allowed to talk to a judge this way? Am I allowed to talk to a lawyer this way? How do I? How do I? What what words? could I use in my emails to get something done more yeah. efficiently? So, you know, my, my intention or my practice is no advice. Yeah. It's no about advice. trying to get you yeah. to connect with the actual power that you do have. Yes. The ability and the capacity within that you may not have tapped into, that awareness that you can utilize and exercise and get your own voice. It's mm-hmm. a very intimidating system to get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I kept communicating to as many people as possible. Court does nothing for anybody. Yeah. The ownership rests with the individual mm-hmm. to take ownership of what do I need to know mm-hmm. and how will I learn that. Yeah. And so. And you had to remind me several times over and over again yeah. to do that. You know. Well, it's to get you to reflect. Okay. So what are you looking for here? So how do you think you're going to try and get that? Yeah. Well, there's a certain options within the system mm-hmm. and also outside of the system that you can avail yourself yeah, of. Yeah, and I didn't realize how many uh, how game, like how much game playing there is mm-hmm. go- within the, the legal system amongst lawyers. Like We might reframe that as a strategy. As <laughs> a strategy, yes. For, you know, as the layperson, you think it's a game. Like, yeah. as you said, it's a chess, it's a chess, chess match. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't like to play that. I'm very naive thinking this is the court system. It's going to be fair. We're going to work it it out. And it's transparent. It's transparent. And what you see is what is. Mm -hmm. That's what you believe. Well, the reality has become Mm -hmm. somewhat different for you. Yeah, because we're dealing with humans, human behavior as well. Good lawyers and bad lawyers, yeah. yeah. And I want to say one more thing. Um, When I met Dorna and she was about to start the OCL. Yeah. So one thing I noticed with the OCL, oh, not with everyone, but... A lot of them like to take notes by hand. Who's who? The the the, um, the person that is um, the worker. The worker, whether it's a lawyer or a social worker. A social worker, yeah. Um, when they meet with you, they usually take notes. But there's a lot of broken telephone with notes. So when you actually see the actual OCL report, um, report, so there's a lot of misinformation. Not on purpose, but because you know you're writing it down by hand. So it's better if they record it. It's better if mm. you're being recorded during your meeting, so they can always refer back to the tape recording instead of um, their own personal notes. Well, you know, each person, like the two of you, you know, you've connected and created a strong bond. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you're still two individuals. Mm-hmm. You have your own techniques and strategies as to navigating matters. Mm-hmm. You do support each other, though. Mm-hmm. So you're quite distinct from one another. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I've been into, um, to witness Patricia's cases. Yeah. Her case. And um, bec- because if you're a self-represented, you don't have a support unless you you ask your friends or family to come in to the courthouse. It's public, as you know. You can just walk in. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have anyone. And it was just good to have someone there. Yeah. Right? How, how did that feel for you, having Dorna? That was good, present. you know. I, I could turn around and, and like, see someone. Hey, that person is standing by up. me. Um, <laughs> You're doing and, great. And there are times where I would be in there arguing, yeah. and it's stressful. And am I doing a good job? Um, I have no one to help me. So when I turn around, Dorn is like, Yeah, 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 yeah. You got yeah. this. You got this. Her nonverbal cues yeah. to you. You got this. And I had my girlfriends coming in. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend Audra, Lisa. I could just, you know, Zandra. I had like. A list of friends to come in. Um, I had one girl, girlfriend, Audra, who came in almost every single court case I had. Yeah. Just to be there. She even took notes. And I didn't know there's another thing called the McKenzie friend. Remember I told you that? that those are McKenzie fine, friend. Yeah, McKenzie right. friend is someone that you can ask the court to have sit up front with you at the desk. 
to take notes to help sort or, and organize your papers. And I didn't know that for self represented people. Yeah, for self represented. I had no clue until last year. Yeah. I found Absolutely. that on the website. Because your friends, or even you when you sat in on Trisha, you didn't speak. No. You were there. Just that physical presence yeah. was some kind of energy that yeah. transmitted to Trisha to feel, I'm not alone. Yeah, and her ex would turn around and look at me. <laughs> and just look at me and say, what, what is, who's this person? He had no idea who I was. Though she, that per- so, the other person knew that you were there supporting in support Trisha. of... Yeah. 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 But the funny thing is, like... Again, as a self-represented, you don't know that you have access to this power or this 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 privilege to have someone sit with you at the. So, how did you connect with the Mackenzie? Uh, I actually went on line yeah. um, to the self-represented. RepresentYourself.org, the Julie McFarland's um, website. Rep- representing Yourself, uh, Litigan Canada. Canada. Some, yeah. yeah, that's Julie McFarland in Windsor. Yeah, yeah, in Windsor. And uh, she's a professor, right? Mm-hmm. But again, you have to go through the website, find the resources, mm-hmm. find which is applicable to your case or whatever you can do, um, whatever, whatever resources you can get from that. But they don't give you a guideline. You know, they don't say this is what you should do, this is where you should go. There is nothing out there unless I, I would put back that it's not what you should do. Yeah, this is what you could do. What you could do, yes. Because when you say should, yeah. it's like you're giving someone responsibility. You're pushing to yes. say do this because each person is going to take responsibility differently. Yeah. yeah, and the power is when a person takes their ownership of that yeah. decision making capacity. But it's rifling through all the information and trying to find out, find the information. It's so difficult to find. Well, even the system itself. The system. Right? It's yeah. organized by lawyers for lawyers. Yes. It's against... Yeah. Ah. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so what does that all mean? Well, you're right. It's by lawyers for lawyers. But So when I go to court now, and they give you the option, uh, do you want to use duty counsel? Yeah, that's right? on the day of court. The day of court. Yeah. And I, and I tell them no, because when duty counsel comes, they try to unravel every, well, in my experience, they try to unravel everything you did and build their own case. And I'm like, no, no, I don't need your help. This is what I'm, this is what I've done. Tell me if this is okay. But they just want to take control. So now when I go into court, I don't even use them. I'm like, no, I don't need duty counsel. That's interesting. Though so you might access them, I don't know. I can if I Outside need to. of court to get that, uh, okay, this is what I've got today. This mm-hmm. is my stuff. Well, well, another issue I have too is um, I find that no one's on the same page. So duty counsel will tell me, oh, you need these forms. When I go to the filing desk, oh, no, that's the wrong forms. you got to use these forms. And then the judge will say, oh, these forms. And then the filing clerk is like, oh, the judge doesn't know what they're talking about. About. So I have to figure out what form I need to use. You got to learn the particular nuance of yes. that court. Yes. Because there's the rules, which are the law. Mm-hmm. Then there's also what's called local practices. Mm-hmm. Each court's application of the rules, yeah. and it's different from yeah. one court to the next. How they say, okay, you need this as part of the process here, whereas in another court, you'll need other. It's different. Yeah. yeah. And I, I found Jarvis very relaxed. You know, mm-hmm. compared to other courts or whatever. 40, 47 is pretty intense. That's a, that's a overall a busier court. Yeah. 47 and 47 Shepherd. 47 Shepherd yeah. is a yeah. busier court overall. Mm-hmm. 311 is, uh, of the three, that's the more relaxed. 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 I don't know well, if that's the word to use, though. Relaxed, but yeah. It's a little more chill. In my, in my naivete, I always thought, you know, if you go to court, you, you, you dress up. Oh, that's you know, what I thought. So they, I thought you know, we go up there, you go in front of a judge, but I see people walking in, ripped their t-shirts, shirt, shorts, barbecue stains on their shirt. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Shocking. <laughs> so naive. Like I just thought, you have to dress nice, go in, and you go there. People like 
came from the club the yeah. night before. Hair is a mess. Well, like ideally, ideally, I mean, there's you're supposed to present yourself Tank in a talks. manner, being self-aware, mm-hmm. because you're communicating through your your dress, your yeah. behavior, your body actions, language, yeah. body language mm-hmm. to the judge. And if you have con- concerns about how you're presenting yourself, take ownership of that. Yeah. Don't worry about the other person because yeah. you got to present yourself in the best form for yourself. But I thought there was a protocol that you you. Well, to, you know. there's a decorum in terms of behavior. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you go into the court, you sort of give a an acknowledgement to the bench. You don't chew gum. You don't yeah. wear hats. Yep. Yep. You don't wear really extreme uh, revealing clothes. Well. Because uh, <laughs> I know what you're looking at me like. There are certain people that do wear do. Uh, <laughs> stuff that you might say, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Yes, especially with child protection matters. Yeah, and, and plus you're saying things like your honor, your honor, this, your honor, yeah. that. You're That's not part miss, of the protocol. Not miss or yeah. Mister, your honor. No, it's yeah. a it's a neutral yeah. acknowledgement for mm-hmm. the position because it, it, it is a hierarchical. Yeah. yeah, you know the they're up on the pedestal. Yeah. And you have to acknowledge that's the status of that person, and that's the nature of Again, that very place. very intimidating, mm-hmm. especially if you're up against lawyers, right? Well, see, now when I go to uh, 311 Jarvis, it's like my second home. <laughs> yeah. I go there, and you know I, people by your I first see name. the security guards. I'm like, hey, how are you doing hey, today? Hey, right hey, on. I, I used to see you there. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. I see Mario. the judge. We give each other a head nod. <laughs> Not head butts. <laughs> no. I see a duty counsel. Oh, you're here again? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable now. You're back again. <laughs> I'm comfortable. How long did it take for that to happen? <laughs> Not that I'm saying for people to be encouraged to do that. Um, I, I think maybe my personality. Um, You're a social person? Uh, you know what? I, I think I'm an introvert. Yeah. Most people say I'm not, but I am an introvert. But when it's life or death. You become a power? I guess. A force to reckon with? I don't know. But it's my kid's life and death. Yeah, when you have kids, <laughs> it's different. Yeah, it's a very different situation. I, I would consider myself as introvert. My friends wouldn't now, but <laughs> I do consider myself as an introvert. As so well. uh, how do you see navigating things, especially as a self-represented, and how it's transformed in some way your personalities and your capacities to do things? I think from a from, a, from being in the court system as a pattern of, be, of behavior, you get used to dealing with you become familiar with people. Mm-hmm. So when you become familiar with someone, they're not as intimidating. Mm-hmm. So the judge doesn't become as intimidating. And when you're dealing with the opposing counsel, they're not intimidating mm-hmm. because you just realize they're idiots as well. Well, <laughs> I, didn't say that. I would say that. As you know, you said something about yeah. your yeah. The opposing lawyer. But, yeah, you don't have um, as much respect. Mm-hmm. Or, you, side, you know, right? you have, it's our expectations mm-hmm. of things. Yes. And they create maybe a false sense of something. Yeah. A persona. A persona, like yes. The, yeah. It's like the symbolism of an iceberg. Mm-hmm. What you see you're only seeing three percent of the ice. The reality is yeah. that there's much more underneath mm-hmm. that and below that. But again, we're I'm an immigrant, and and you know we're we're women of color, so. And what we, what does that mean? Well, I think for me, in my experience, um, you know, I've been asked before. I've been told by. Um, Filing clerks, or first, uh, what's it called? First appearance, people in the, the first clerk in the, the yeah. first appearance, or yeah. individuals within yeah, the that, system. Yeah, that yeah, that um, I have to prove that I'm not on welfare mm. before anything gets started. And I'm and I've said, you know, I've been here for a while. Uh huh. I've never had to prove that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, the case won't get started until this document is filled out and the judge sees it. 
until now the judge hasn't seen it. So, so when someone says that to you, they're uh, they're just assuming they're ad- assume identity than you. Uh, yeah. The other person's usually white. White. Yeah. And so they assume that I'm on welfare. They assume I'm not educated. They assume I'm. What is it called when you get the free legal advice? What's that? Um, advice counsel or legal aid? They assume aid? I'm on legal aid. Yeah. And so that was the hard part, um, letting everyone know, um, I know my rights. You can't assume that I'm on assistance because mm-hmm. I am black. Mm-hmm. And we're not having that. We're not even going to entertain that. And so now when I go in, I don't get any of those issues because I advocate for myself. And I let them know that I've been doing this for a while. And I even said, if a, if, if a white man with a briefcase came in here, would you give him that same form? You wouldn't. Mm. So why are you giving me that form? So okay. that part, it makes it easier. And, and for Dorna... How have you, being a person of color? Well, I, I don't, it wasn't as extreme as your case, but um, it's just very subtle things that would happen. Like, for instance, the OCL um, one time had said uh, we were trying to negotiate access over the Christmas holidays, and she just automatically assumed that I, I didn't celebrate Christmas because I was Chinese. <laughs> you know, yeah. things like that. Just very, very subtle things like, oh, you don't celebrate this, so why don't you give him that mm. day? for access. Mm, mm, mm. You don't celebrate Easter because you're not Catholic, whereas I was baptized Catholic, but I didn't. I don't advertise that I was baptized Catholic. How would she know, right? She's right. making all these assumptions because I'm Asian. Well, on the external. Yeah, on external. On yeah. the superficial, yeah. well, your exterior. Yeah, it's very, and I just wanted to call her on it, but I, you know, it's like, what, you know, pick your battles. So a lot of the tension that you were experiencing, mm-hmm. you know, in life there's a lot of overt stuff right yeah. in your face. Very subtle. And there's what we call microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These very subtle uh, distinctions of behavior and patterns of communicating and acting mm-hmm. that if you're not so self-aware or experiencing these things yourself and conscious of it, it's going to just pass right by you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you guys became very aware. Actually, if somebody who's calling in right now who uh, is part of this conversation too, so how about you guys just have a little chat and I'll go to speak to her and pull her back in. Okay. So uh, for me, this experience has been amazing because I learned that I'm a stronger person and that I can do this. I can overcome all adversities. And, um, yeah, it, it was great. It was, even though it was difficult at times and there were times where I felt like I was, I felt defeated, Yes. but I was able to do it. And I, in the end I overcame and I had Dorna to support me. Yes. I had you to support me and it, it's great to have someone who knows what you're going through. Um, I mean, it's a daunting experience to become educated. So, uh, we have, uh, Victoria on the line. How are you doing, Victoria? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm okay. We're having a hopefully a good conversation. I believe so. Yes, I'm. I've been listening, so it's wonderful. Thank you both, ladies, for um, sharing all your experiences. It takes a very strong person to do that. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. What did you want to ask? Um, so both of you have been um, self-represented litigants for quite some time. It sounds like. Um, I was just wondering if each of you could share. Um, just like a really good piece of advice or something that you learned um, that you really feel the audience would benefit from. And I, I will, I'll just add, what do you think the court could learn from your being self-represented people for the benefit of other self-represented people? Hmm. I think you should know your intentions, why you're going to court in the first place. Yeah. Right. Know what your goal is. 
don't get caught up in the emotions. And it's so easy to get caught up in um, past behaviors, past past patterns of communication. Yeah. Um, it's best to go about it from a pragmatic point of view. Like, just do it pragmatically and try to get... I mean, a lot of it is paperwork. If you can get past that, that's organizational aspects, mm-hmm. do that. Um, yeah. Talk to the Flick people. Try to get as many resources around you and just know what's going on. Like, get as much information as you can. Well, how would the system, though, better incorporate the awareness and the fact that there are a significant number of self-represented what could they do to change the system i I wish there was a guidebook i I don't know (laughs) uh, the honest answer is it's very hard i don't know i just received one last oh you did yeah um it's a whole like maybe 17 or 18 pages and it says um you know self-represented litigants during a trial. My, my case is going to trial. Oh, that's the old one, right? Is that um, from the Ontario government website? I think so, yeah. It's been it's been pretty helpful. I've been using it and highlighting it. But it doesn't give you all the nuances of what to expect. Like, there's a lot. Like, depending on wh- which court you're at, as Greg was saying, mm-hmm. there's like certain local practices. Uh, practices. Um, that's, I think it's, that's general, but there's other. I think there what, what was helpful for you, Victoria? Or what is helpful for you in terms? Um, well, I've actually found a lot of really good videos on YouTube, oh. to be honest. Um, there's this one guy who's clearly teaching a class to um, a bunch of aspiring lawyers. And, man, this guy is just, he's got so many great points, and I feel like I'm learning so much. I'm sitting there in front of my computer taking all these handwritten notes oh. and everything. But, um, yeah, I actually I feel smarter after watching him. <laughs> So it's not bad, right? As long as we're learning, I guess. Um, may- maybe we have to write our own book. <laughs> yeah, on we how we'll get together and yeah, yeah. Write SRL has down. to navigate. Can I? Can I say something? Uh, talk to Greg. <laughs> Flick off. <laughs> oh, Flick off. Yeah. <laughs> Go down to the courts in Toronto, like three three nine three and three eleven Jarvis. Find Greg. And he'll tell you what forms to fill out. The right forms. But also he gives you a good... (laughs) No no advice. He's not giving out advice. Remember that. No advice. (laughs) He empowers you. Thank you you for qualifying me. No advice. Actually, I don't empower anybody. Bro, you empower ourselves. Okay. I provide the conditions. Hopefully you connect to Mm self-empower. I'll put it that way. So Victoria's still navigating things and she's going through this. I think it would be a great opportunity for at least the three of you Mm -hmm. to create a connection on going further. Because I think your greater interest is in the public good. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Is your case ongoing right now, Victoria? Yeah, it's been um, it's been about eight years. Oh, oh. my gosh. Yeah, and um, oh and it's it's been consistently like every three months, every six weeks, every six months. Yeah, I it's like a second job, isn't it? Oh, it really is. Yeah. yeah, but thank God I've got a job that really understands, mm-hmm. and um, I'm able to go take the time off. But yeah, um, that's another thing. Getting the time when off. your manager yeah. um, understands and allows you to take the time off to go to court. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's not even the court. It's also like all the time that you need to spend preparing your documents yeah, yeah, and yeah. making sure you've you know got your nice court clothes laid out for the mm-hmm. next day. And <laughs> and the other thing I tell uh, people: you have to eat, sleep, yeah, take your vitamins. 
Yeah. And and bring bottled water. I think you're allowed to have bottled water in in um, court because sometimes you talk a lot and your throat's dry and you get a little nervous. And yeah. go to the bathroom before <laughs> you go <laughs> into before yeah. you start your case. Some of the practical things, right, that yeah. people might miss out mm-hmm. on. Because why? You end up being at court. It may be scheduled at ten o'clock. Though your matter is not necessarily heard at 10 o'clock because there's a series of different cases and files. And it goes in sequence. Yeah, yeah, and you're there till 3. You might be there for the entire day. A long time. And you kind of have to be pushy. You have to go in there, let the judge see you, and when the next person's done, you've got to stand up and, like, I'm here. You kind of have to be pushy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, go talk to the clerk if you can get to know them for Mm -hmm. a basis. That's always a bonus, too, yeah. Yeah, you guys talked about relationship building. Yeah. I mean, you've had to go there because and a series of return visits because and at the same time take advantage of the opportunity to establish some kind of rapport mm-hmm. yeah. connection relationship with the staff because they'll learn to appreciate that you know everybody's a human being yeah yeah they're human beings too they go through a lot of stresses in terms of people yeah. and you guys do but you can stressful. imagine all the um anxiety everyone's going through yeah who do you think's get you know the on the the, other end yes i know it's a very stressful (laughs) job a filing clerk the judge your lawyer (laughs) it's toxic you know and they have to be able to leave that toxicity at work and then go home with their family right yeah Mm -hmm. thanks for calling in victoria oh thanks for having me on air greg and um thank you ladies for sharing your story take care thank you take care bye-bye bye so we got to close out very soon what would you what can you suggest for anyone who's going through a challenge with the other parent um if you're going through a challenge with the other parent, try not to um um, um, just you know just try to remember that you have don't let anyone bring you out of your character Right? So when you're dealing with the other person, try to remain calm. Be true to oneself. Yes. It's very challenging. Even and though don't be provoked. You, no, don't, don't react. Even though you want to rip their head off, you can't <laughs> do that. You just have to... I don't... You know what? It's, it's it, There's no right answer, because yeah. I may say this is what you have to do, but when I'm well, in a situation... Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm asking each crazy. of you. You're going to You're in present. the heat of the moment. You yeah. don't know what's going to yeah. happen. You don't know. It's go, You go with the flow, but try not to get yourself into any legal problems. That's what I could say. <laughs> <laughs> Any more legal Any problems? More legal problems. Criminal legal problems. <laughs> because you're dealing with family. That's enough, that's right? That's right. That's right. So you <laughs> want to navigate that as best as possible. Yeah. So we got to close out. I got to say thank you both very much for helping us to be better informed and educated about your journeys. Thank you. Greg. Thank you. Okay. You, you've been listening to Mediation Station.